Coming to you from Northern California. Uh, negative K, nothing further. Just, uh... This is the Shots Fired Podcast. With your hosts, Sergeant Kyle Schoberg, retired police officer Mark Redlich, and Deputy Billy. We are America's leading law enforcement resource for training and tactics from experts in the industry. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Shots Fired Podcast. We hope you everyone had a great year this year in 2022. I know we did. We hit our benchmark goal of 5,000 YouTube subscribers. So thank you to everybody that has subscribed to the channel. Thank you. Honestly, I think we've come a long way since the kickoff of this whole thing and, and kind of our journey of why we started this podcast and um, kind of where, where we've gone with it. So truly, without your guys' support, we wouldn't be sitting here at this new awesome table that we had built for uh, the show. So thank you, Braden, for for building this. Um, Kelly Woodworks is the guy that built us this table. He's a current uh, law enforcement officer. He's a canine handler, and he also made the flag for behind us. So turned out great. We love it. Uh, excited. So all right. Well, uh, this year was great. We had a lot of great guests on, and we'd like to thank everybody who contributed to the show from uh, sponsors to our guests to uh, all you guys. I want to thank you know you guys and obviously our subscribers. I think yeah, we have we have really? met some pretty interesting people along this way. We've traveled to several different states. We've met some awesome people doing this. Honestly, I think every episode that we do, I actually learn. I'm always learning something from something that the guests bring to the to the table so yeah and from us because billy and i teach you quite a bit yeah, yeah right. no i mean yeah that too <laughs> yep <laughs> pretty much yeah no seriously it's been it's been awesome so we hope you guys have been enjoying it we get a lot of uh, messages on social media instagram and a lot of emails through our uh, shotsfiredpodcast.org website and we read every single one of those we share them with each other and most of the time, uh, I should actually say all the time, they're always like inspiring messages, you know, people thanking us for putting the show together and, and doing this. So honestly, for everyone that sent us a message, email, um, truly thank you. It, it does kind of motivate us to, to continue doing this. So we put a lot of energy, our own money um, to make this happen. So I think that's the most rewarding it is that I've sure. gotten from it is when you read those messages from yeah. people and we do get a lot of those. It is very rewarding for, so those have reached out, like that's really cool. Thank you for doing that. It's, it's yeah. nice and humbling. No, All right. Sometimes make is. sure you check out SWATconference.org. They've opened the registration for next year, 2023. They have three locations, yep. Washington, DC, New York, and Nashville. Nashville. So go check it out. If you guys want to get registered and go to one of their conferences, we are going to be at the New York location this year. It's going to be in April. Mark and I are both going to be teaching a class there. So go check it out. Registration is now open. You guys, we've been to these conferences. They're awesome. Um, they're huge. So go check it out. If you're on a tactical team or involved in tactics in any way, um, get signed up and go to these uh, conferences. They're, they're awesome. You, you will, it won't disappoint you. We do want to thank today's show sponsor, GC Shield Company. Guys, this is an awesome shield out there in the market. It's one of a kind. It's lightweight. It's a perfect size for anybody that's in law enforcement. It fits perfectly in a patrol vehicle. And what we're going to be talking about today uh, goes right in line with why you should have a shield. So let's see what they have to offer. 
When responding to active shooter situations where you can't wait for SWAT and every second counts, GC Patrol Shields got you covered. Half the weight of other shields, so they are easier to transport, retrieve, and deploy. Has an unrivaled ability to stop edge shots, absorb multiple rounds. GC Patrol Shields are lightweight for enhanced mobility and can easily be connected to create a shield wall or barricade. GC Patrol Shield, strongest, lightest, most resilient. Today's show, guys, we're going to be talking about an acronym that we like to use called SIPA. It stands for Containment, Identify, Plan, and Act. And this is something that I teach in all my classes that I do. And basically what it is, is it's just by default, if you use this acronym, uh, SIPA, it's going to make you slow down on calls. And you can use this virtually on on almost anything. Um, if you're a brand new officer out on the street, if you're a seasoned officer, a canine handler, and I use, use it as a supervisor, Really, I think it just forces you to slow down, kind of feel out what you got and utilize your resources appropriately so that you guys can handle calls efficiently, safe, and the most practical. Um, So we're going to break each one of these down for you guys and give you our thoughts and opinions on on each one. Slowing things down. When you have a rapidly evolving situation and you're under stress, remembering SIPA keeps you in track and it's something you can think about. Yeah. And let's jump into the first one and that's containment. So I feel like containment is, I think it's one of the most important things that you have to get done almost immediately upon arriving on a scene and containment can be anything, right? It can be a barricaded subject in a house or any type of structure. It could be in a vehicle. It could be, uh, you know, a person jumping fences, running from the cops and you set up a perimeter. It doesn't matter what the situation is or what the call is. There's always room for containment. And if you're not setting up containment, as soon as possible, you're only letting that problem grow even more. So I think the sooner you can contain the problem, you know, set up a perimeter, set up, you know, on a house, whatever the situation is, I think the better the odds you're going to have of resolving the problem probably a lot sooner. Um, But you're able to at least mitigate that problem from, you know, either escalating or growing into an even bigger problem um, just, just by merely containing it. So Rule number one, in my opinion, and that I like to use is just set up containment, get it done fast. And from there you can move on. And I, I think that with, with anything in this, this plan, it, it can change. Like you Always. can, you can get to the IPA or whatever, maybe not so much the A, but you, and you have to move back up to the top and go back through where containment yeah. can change. Uh, different things can, can happen throughout it that you, you have to adjust. You have to be adjustable and fluid in this profession, especially. Yeah. Because if things are going to move, you, you definitely have to be able to adjust, you know, your containment, your perimeters, you know, especially for you canine guys, if you're out there doing searches or whatever, you know, and and let's say the bad guy breaks perimeter, um, you know, you have to be able to start adjusting that perimeter and then, and then continue on with your search. So it does have to be adaptable. You have to be able to move it. Um, but it is important. Yeah. And even like you, you look at maybe you, you have a house and the house is contained and now you start learning some new stuff like could have a firearm or a long gun or something like that. Now your containment. Okay. Now I need to get, I need to get neighbors out. I need to yeah. get things contained. I need to further this thing out where, you know, it, it's always moving. Yeah. I think I, that is, I think the, the biggest foundation is containment and also part of when you're doing like proactive work, if you'd make a bike stop or a pedestrian stop or a traffic stop, considering what your containment would be in the event someone were to flee or try to run, 
because I think that'll make it easier to do that. If even when you're contacting general public, you're looking at containment, like where's my body positioning? How do I present somebody from running? Like that's, even if you, you're not setting a perimeter, I think you should be considering if I have to do that. Yeah. And I think another thing that comes with the containment piece is making sure that you're not, you know, congesting ingresses and egresses with patrol cars and, and all these things that are going to prevent um, resources further on down the road from getting to you, like maybe armored vehicles, EMS, fire, all that stuff, which we'll get into in a minute. But so the containment piece is crucial, but I think also how you set that up uh, is going to severely impact the call later on down the road if it gets to be too congested. Um, so you do want to think about those things while, while you're doing it. I think Mark brought up a good point. Like I, I wasn't even thinking about contain, like um, simple stop of a pedestrian or something like that. And your partner's there with you. Okay. Your, your contact cover can be, uh, that's, that's a form of containment. I would say yeah. is, you know, okay. Mark's talking to the guy and the only way of egress that I can see, or the best way of egress that I can see is that he's going to turn and run for Mark. So I'm going to put myself in a position of advantage if he decides to take off and run. And then again, I'm like, why is he running? But, um, you know, I think that it can be very small or very big incidents. Yeah. Even even traffic stops, the way you position yourself near the car or by the car, if you pull people out, you know, you have them sit on the curb, stick their legs out, like lock their knees straight, cross their ankles. Like, yeah, that's a level of containment. Totally, you're containing containment. that person. Handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. Hand, yeah you're right. Back of your car. Totally. I mean, those are all containment, I think. Yeah. It's, yep. I think it goes microscopic to even larger to the yeah. perimeters and setting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So don't overlook it. And look, in, in today's world with how violent people are towards the cops nowadays and how many people are shooting at officers. I mean, if you have someone that even runs from you on foot and you lose sight of them, I would just stop. You should just stop immediately and start setting up your perimeters and containments at that point. Don't chase the rabbit. I, I've been a victim of that, right? Where, you know, I was in a foot pursuit and a guy turned around and started shooting at me. Um, it, it's just not worth it. So, um, I mean, that, that's a great point. It, start, it may start out microscopic, but it could grow into something huge. Well, and, and then I, I think that you'd have to identify what you have next. Yep. And then once you identify your containment can change yep. also. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, we mentioned handcuffs and, you know, back of the seat or something like that. If you have probable cause to believe that you can detain them, then detain them. If you don't, then obviously that's not a containment. You can't detain them. Yeah. Right. So I think it's very important to identify what you have. And when it goes to maybe a barricaded suspect inside of a house or a subject, we'll call it, um, they're inside the house and, you know, they're the suspect of a violent crime. Okay. Now we have something that we can start to move forward with. Whereas if now they're a 5150 or a ment mental health issue, maybe, uh, maybe you're identifying that, okay, that's not really a crime that's happened. We want to try and help this person, but at some point maybe we're walking away from it. So identifying what you have and you know, what they, what they may have too, I think is identifying, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, wh where you move from there. Like if a uh, suspect and he was holding his waistband when he ran away. Okay. Now I'm identifying, I have a suspect, he ran for me. So why did he run for me? And now I saw him reaching for his waistband. Okay. Now I'm thinking me personally, I'm thinking, okay, he, there's a good chance he has a gun or at least that's going through my head. So I'm identifying yeah. some of the things that are, are here there. And I need to put those out to people responding. For yeah, sure. For sure. And, and you know what? Um, 
if you guys are going to calls and you know, well, I don't know what, whatever the call may be, maybe there's some type of violence involved in this, this call that you're responding to. You guys should be, I, I don't know, you know, I know cops have it different everywhere, but if you could do it on your computer and see if uh, these people have guns registered to them, you should be asking your dispatchers, Hey, are there guns registered to that individual um, or that house that you're responding to? Do all these little things uh, while you're en route to the call so that number one, A, you're only helping yourself out so that when you get there, you, you have at least a general idea of who you're dealing with. Um, we're super lucky where we work, where you can pull up someone's history, every, what they've been arrested for, um, virtually everything about them right here on our computer. Um, if you don't have that capability, I would imagine your dispatchers have that, that option. So just ask. Uh, sometimes I know maybe they get a little bit annoyed because it's a little extra work for them. If you just explain it to them why, why you're asking for those things, I think everybody understands. Or, um, or if you're a two-person car, I mean, that, that could be it too. Like, I mean, I think, first of all, I think that if you're driving to, especially a critical incident where you're, you're probably going code or fast or something like that, you should always be worried about driving. Drive there and then worry about the computer later. Um, unless you're... I, hopefully you're getting updates in the radio or they could be coming up on your computer. Maybe you need to glance at that stuff. But other than that, I don't want my responders that are getting there quick going like, okay, who's so-and-so and why are they this? Yeah. But I think that it goes with identify. So identify could be the first stage of this. Like, I, I don't think there's necessarily an order where you're contained, like you're identifying some of the things as you're showing up. Sure. Yeah. No, or that, before that's point. And that could be dispatches identifying these things, asking the right questions too. Yeah, yeah, that is going to, and that's going to change your containment is what do we have? Is it a suspect that has a gun? We've identified that this person fled with a gun. I think that's going to change your, your containment. It right. might be a little larger. Yeah. I think it's going to definitely change your tactics and your approach or, or, the, or the time that you get. Like, I mean, maybe you are like, okay, I'm get to the area and you're like, I'm the first one here. This guy's got a gun and I'm going to be like, okay, I'm staging around the corner. Yeah, for sure. Um, and maybe your next partner shows up and you're like, we're still staging around the corner. Mm-hmm. That could be it. Yep. And yep. I think part of that process, the identifying is, are you going to do something? Is it a violent felon that ran? Is there a major want? You know, what is the crime? Is it something very minor? It, maybe it's just like, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to continue. Like you said, if it's a 5150 and there's no crime, we've identified that. Then at this point we're done. Yeah. I may, maybe I'm calling from four blocks away because it's a, they're in their house by themselves. There's, you know, they have a, they might have a firearm. Or even but, they, they say, they may say oftentimes they do have a firearm and they don't, but w- whatever, you're going to assume that they do. Yeah. But at that point you're just like, okay, everyone's contained. It seems like the person's staying in their house. I'm going to call them from far away or maybe I'll get eyes on it and then have someone else call them. And if it's like, we're going nowhere, then time to leave. Yeah. And that, that, that'll move on to the, the plan part. And yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll so Part of SIPA is the contain, and we talked about that, and then identifying, and then I think a major part is the P is the plan. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you're able to use the acronym SIPA, slow down, and we've contained the, the or isolated the, the situation. We've identified, yes, there's a crime, there's a suspect, like you've done that, and then now you're planning. And part of the planning process is ultimately it's going to be driven by your resources. Yeah. And your resources are simple. It's what patrol officers do you have access to how you know are you in a rural area and you have two officers or you in a in a inner city and you have eight patrol cars driving to you and and a helicopter overhead you know yeah and then you have canines coming that's going to change your plan is the resources outside agencies you know yeah and really 
it's part of the identification is you've identified something, maybe your resources, you need to start requesting more and getting more resources. And that may be a lengthy process, but you're going to get that, you know, you're yeah. asking for that. And I think that goes like, like I'm saying is that this is this order that we put in, it's a good order, but okay. Now you're like, I have resources. The containment changed. I need more containment. Yeah. Okay. Now I need more resources. Yeah. You know, or I've identified that he has a, a long rifle or a, a assault rifle of some sort. Okay. Now I need armored vehicles. Maybe I need a SWAT team. Um, whatever it may be, they're always, you're always kind of moving through this. Yeah. Things are always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're, if you're stuck in the moment and you're thinking about what's happening now, I think you're already behind the A ball. I always like to think at least one or two steps ahead. You know, what, if this happens, what are we going to do about that? Or if this happens, what, what's going to be the contingency plan for that? But I, don't make sure that you're not just, you know, thinking in the moment, you should always be thinking at least one or two steps ahead. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times what I see often forgotten is the stage of fire and EMS. Um, even if nothing has even happened yet, you haven't even, you know, acted upon your your plan, which we'll, we'll jump into next. But that is part of the game planning is, is, hey, get fire and EMS, have them stage. They're there in case you need them. Um, it just makes their response time that much more short. And if you had a command post set up, you probably are going to want some representative from the fire department or EMS at your command post. And so that, you know, that's the whole part of command and control is, is you guys are communicating with each other because there's a lot of things that fire is not going to do right. Um, in a hot zone or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you have to plan for those things. You know, if you get an officer down or a victim or whoever being able to, uh, have a plan in place to pull them out and know exactly where fire is going to be staging to get that victim to, um, that's crucial. But if they're not there, and those things aren't discussed, then that's just like, you know, one more stressor that you're going to have to deal with if the time comes. And then one more thing that you're going to have to, to do and try to coordinate after the fact. So include your fire and EMS into your game planning. And I also think that it's, it's really important that say you are the incident commander and it, and that could be an officer at some point it is an officer. Start Absolutely. Yeah. You could start yeah. Usually like at some point it is an officer or deputy or whatever. And then it moves up sergeant, lieutenant, captain, chief, whatever. Maybe that's where it goes. Um, listen to your resources, which are your partners and stuff too, where, you know, maybe you weren't thinking about EMS. Like I'm, I'm thinking about why this guy's popping rounds off at me right now. And, you know, that's like, oh, darn, I got to I got to contain this. And your your partner's like, hey, we need to get EMS going. And you'd be like, OK, get him going. Yeah, Simple so as that. Delegation, like, yeah. right? Like delegating different assignments to di different people, uh, give people something to do. And in law enforcement, like uh, I'm pretty sure we said it before, but you know, it's also something that gets talked about in, in one of the classes I do. And that's, if you don't give a cop a job assignment, they're going to pick something that they're going to want to do. And the next thing you know, when you have a whole gaggle of cops on scene and you haven't instructed people where to go, what to do, it, it just ultimately it's going to turn into chaos because you have a bunch of, a bunch of individuals doing what they think they should be doing and that there's no control at that point. And we've, I think all the three of us here have been on major incidents where that has occurred and it's just absolute utter chaos and just, it just spirals down, downhill from there. So, um, and then vice versa, um, you know, we've also all been on major incidents, right. Where, you know, the officers have been killed or shot where things were done the right way. You know, they, they, contained the problem and they identified what they had. And as crazy of a, a, an incident it was, 
things were done right and it just seemed to go re- really fluid. Um, and, and I know the incident I'm talking about, you, you were there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking like multiple agencies on scene for this, but it went very well. I thought it was well-structured and it was because the, the folks in command um, at that time from your department had everything dialed in. That, um, that comes with, with discipline oh, 100%. in being able to communicate what you need, where you need it. And then the delegation of like, and it breaks it down to like your role and a responsibility and the discipline of saying, this is what we need and this is where we need it. Okay. It's yeah. evolving and it's getting bigger. People are coming. We've asked for more resources. Those resources, you need to identify where they're going. We need everyone responding from wherever to the command post right. and wait for your assignment. Mm-hmm. And being on the radio and voicing that, you're preventing those people from independently deciding what they're going to do. Which yeah. some, it, it, as soon as it's evolving, people are going to independently do that. But that's when you start to slow down, you use an acronym, and then you start assigning locations. And if there is no assignment, then you make sure those resources go to the command post. I, I think you just brought up something that or made me think about, you know, when it comes to resources, you got to think about, um, so we're talking major incident here and we have uh, other departments coming from who knows where. Everywhere. Now we got we to gotta think about communications. We got to think about all kinds of different things. And hopefully that's not on you as an officer or, you know, this is, going more up to the, to, to, the, supervisor to the supervisor and leadership role where yeah. we're like, okay, now we need to figure some things out because what channel are you going to? Um, who are we using? Um, are we patching things? Are we, we doing things like that where it's like, oh, okay, I, I can't talk to, I can't talk to Mark who's right across the table from me, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You we're know? on different channels. Yeah. We're on different channels. And I'm like, Hey Mark, what's, what do you see over there? And I see you just staring down the <laughs> corner. I'm like, yeah. Mark, Mark. And you're like, okay. Or yeah. you, or, or you may, you may get pertinent information from somebody on your channel. He didn't get that information because exactly. he's not listening. And now it's like, you know, something that he doesn't. Yeah. And that's bad. Right. So yeah. Part of planning is like, unfortunately guys, like not everybody can be in the dog fight and the higher up the, the food chain you go in supervisor roles, you know, that it obviously is going to diminish more and more. And then more of your responsibility, the higher you go is going to be logistics, game planning and, and all those things. But Look, if you're on scene and you know you're able to kind of slow everything down and you're you're following this plan of contain, identify and, and plan and you know part of the plan needs to be okay, if you got multiple people on scene from different agencies and you guys can't all go to the same channel, which uh, happens a lot with us with uh, the, the highway patrol, California Highway Patrol, for whatever reason, their radio system, they're the biggest agency in the state, can't communicate with anybody else. So it's it's a it's a pain in the ass. Um but if you're going to go out on, I don't know, a search or if you're going to buddy them up with somebody, you, you better make sure that they either have a radio that is able to communicate with everybody else or you pair them up with another officer who has that ability to communicate with everybody else and those two individuals can relay information to each other. But if you just send off two, two people, right, who can't communicate with anybody else but themselves and their own agency man, I think, um, I think you threw like a, a wrench in, into the game plan there because th- that's how bad things happen. Um, and it's totally avoidable. So you just got to, like I said, think ahead a little bit. And that, that's a great point because that happens a lot. And that, that happened. I mean, we're talking major incident. Now we can bring it down to a smaller incident where I, I do have CHP coming to help me out or, and there is no communication and they're like, they're coming they're doing this and you're doing that. And you're like, what's going on here? Where as that's dispatch is getting involved. And for us, um, K 
canine usually kind of becomes a, a middleman because they do have um, communications with CHP and air. If we have air, that's all yeah. air has. If it, most agencies, I would say that uh, the air has communication with pretty much everybody in yeah, the area. Yeah. At least in our area. I, actually, I shouldn't speak for other areas, which is always a great resource where they're And those guys have the ability to, I don't know how they do it. Listen to 50 different things at once no, it is and, and fly a helicopter and fly a helicopter <laughs> yeah. and look for a suspect. And, yeah. and you know, there's, yeah. there's two people up there and you're like, how are you doing this? Yeah. You know, they're hearing something from CHP. I don't know if it's in one ear and putting it out in the other ear. I, I don't know how it works or, yeah. yeah, but it's amazing. No. Yeah. They're a good, good resource too. And, and that's a good point. You know, if you guys do have air asset available to you, even if the situation's high stake, situation you're feeling like oh, we got it we got to go in but you know you got air and route like just maybe pause for a little bit wait for them to get overhead i like to l- allow them to kind of do a couple orbits and fly overhead of the problem or this is a situation and get a bird's eye view of what's going on and then let them relay that information back to the ground units and uh and then you may be altering your plan um you know based on the information or intel that they're giving you so uh, air units are a great asset if you have them use them and and i think that you know like i i don't think there's necessarily and you can disagree with me. There's the order of this can somewhat change too. It could, yeah. yeah. Because now let's let's talk about maybe we have a pre-planned um, something, right? A SWAT hit, um, surveillance, something like that. Now, before I even do any of my plan, I want to look at my resources. Maybe my resources is my first thing that I'm looking yeah. at. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I'm going, okay, I can get air overhead before I want canine there. I need, uh, you know, maybe I don't have Tim's guy or I need, uh, medics, EMS to, to stage all these things that, um, you could have before and have those before, if you have the time and, and it's a pre-planned or whatever you, if, if you can plan ahead, that's always great. Yeah. Oh yeah. The pre-planned events I think are always the best because you're right. You do know what your resources are and then you give assignments, everything's in place. And then if you're doing a probation search or you're doing a search warrant, everything's in place. And then you act like, but yeah, all of that, I think you're constantly evaluating and, and changing. I, and I think this helps for uh, people that have to do game plans and, yeah. and things like, I mean, you've done game. Oh, I think we've all done game plans of some sort. Yeah. yeah. And those are going out to people that, you know, you might not even know sometimes they're going to other agencies. So, so make them in layman's terms too. Sometimes don't use your own codes and your own, uh, you know, acronyms or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and I think this whole, this SIPA, right. Contain, identify, plan and act. I think what this is going to be generally utilized for is going to be, um, the beat cops out on patrol calls for services coming out, things that, you know, are, but I mean, that's true about it. I mean, law enforcement is heavy. Like most incidents are going to happen at patrol level first, but I think that you can adapt it to everything. Yeah. You're always going to have to, yeah, you are. And you're always going to have to be adapt be able to adapt it to your environment and fluid um i mean it could be a training exercise that you use this for especially in canine or something like that okay i need to contain the area i don't need i don't need my dog running around accidentally biting mark (laughs) yeah well we did it for every search warrant we went through this same basic format and your, your containment is you draw it out you take you sometimes you have the air unit go over two days before take photos or if you do google earth and, it, and you have air look over and it matches you want to do your containment and you make assignments during your briefing so everybody knows when you leave your your location everyone has a containment so containment's already done 
And then part of your identifying is like, well, we've already identified this. We know what this is. That's a mm-hmm. simple process. It's a search warrant and an arrest warrant. And then part of your plan is, well, we've already planned this. It's yeah. a pre-planned event. We have yeah. all our resources. You've staged medics. You know who's in charge of it, where patrol cars are parking, what what vehicles are coming in. And then your act, like then you actually just actually execute it. So I think it's, it is pretty universal, but you're right, Billy, you bring up like it, it's constantly, it's always, you're always evaluating. You have to. Yeah. And, and one thing, uh, Mark, uh, you have your officer rescue class with our training business and w- one of your classes is coming up here in a couple of weeks. And a part of that is, you know, we were talking, building the classes, uh, pay attention to your environment. You know, um, Billy, actually the call, uh, that I met Billy on, we've talked about it in prior episodes, what was an officer involved shooting. And in that particular case, I think I'm, I'm grateful that my partner and I were paying attention to our environment. And that means, you know, smell, taste, um, what are you seeing? What are you not seeing? What are you hearing? All, all of those things. Um, and where that, that came into play for us was right. This guy had homemade explosives. He's dumping gasoline on, on these, uh, bombs that he had made and he's trying to get them to, to light off. We're in a pitch black environment. We couldn't see anything. And, uh, you know, I remember distinctly smelling the odor of gas and, and we paused and we're like, that, that's not, that's not normal. Like, why are we smelling this overwhelming odor of gasoline right now? And actually, and that, you know, knowing what you already knew too, that he, and, what yeah, he'd I already think, done, exactly. you know, it's not like, oh wait, there's gas. Is there a leaking oh, yeah, vehicle? Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, you're like, this guy has already tried to kill his wife, you know, um, lit some things off already. So yeah. So pay attention to those things, right? Like don't just dismiss those things because you're in such a hurry to, to get there. Like pay attention to it. Um, if you're, if you, in our case, if you smell something out of place and it's in line with what the call you're going to is, I think that's when you pause and you go, okay. And maybe, maybe that's when you start adapting your tactics and how you're going to handle the situation. But, um, I tell you what, if, if you're, well, it's changing, like your yeah, containment it just changed. It definitely you, changed. You know, you like you're like, it grew yeah. and you know, you identified something else okay, boom, I'm going back to containment. And now I need to identify what I have here. Why, why am I smelling that? Mm-hmm. Or why am I hearing that? Yeah. So, and then your plan and everything, it changes. Yep. So you're, you're right. It could always be changing, right? But if you're able to just kind of like slow down and use, use those, the, the acronym and, and, and use those things to kind of guide you through these calls. And I really think, especially if you're a new cop and you're going to these calls and even if you're on FTO, right. And like maybe someone on FTO is listening to this and they're like, Oh, I'm going to try to use that. Right. And they go to a call at work and they tell their FTO, like they're like talking about this with their field training officer. Mm-hmm. I- I'm telling you, you're going to impress your, your training officer because they're going to, you know, your level of thinking is probably way far ahead than, than if you're not thinking these things um, and you're just blindly rolling into something. Um, and then if you're just your everyday cop out there and like, you know, you go to a pretty hot call or whatever, and your supervisor shows up and you've already done a lot of these things. You've set up your containment or whatever, and you've identified what it is that you actually have. I tell you what, when the boss shows up, you can say, Hey, Sarge, like, this is exactly what we've got. This is what crimes we have. Um, or these are what crimes we don't have. Um, I mean, I think you, you're going to impress people by doing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you get to the act too, like people will be like, okay, I'm going to go to my supervisor and be like, you know, here's my containment. You know, my, I, I've identified this and here's the plan. I would say, here's what I'm thinking for action too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, not yeah. be like, okay, I've given you the resources. You, you, you decide how we're doing this yep. and don't be like, okay, this is how we're doing it. Or maybe that maybe you have to be like that, but these, these are my ideas. This is what I think we should do. And they can yeah. be like, 
great. Or, or they can be like, that sounds great. Have you, uh, do we have this coming? You're like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, I do have EMS yeah. here or whatever it may be. I think, uh, do you want to kind of continue on with what Kyle was saying about the supervisor? I think if you're really doing it and you're coordinating and you're communicating, which I come back to the communication part and you're using the radio, at some point you've got to be on the radio and I know people are disciplined on it, but some stuff you just have to talk on the radio and you yeah. have to let people know where certain locations are, what people are doing. You should be communicating what the crime is, the suspect description, what they're wearing. If you saw a gun, if you thought there was a weapon, all that should be communicated. What you, And when you're doing that, the sergeant that's responding is listening and now they're knowing, okay, everything's being taken care of. They're checking things off in their mind. The officers are handling it. And once they get there, it's like, everybody is on the same page for the most part. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's no, the, the communication with the radio. And, and you can even do that responding to certain calls, you know, domestic violence, lady calls, guy ran out the back door. As you're responding to that, you could be communicating on the radio part of your containment. Like this is what you're doing. Yeah. Or as simple as I, you know, I'm primary. I'm going to go talk to the lady next unit. I need you to go to the South. Yeah. Cause he went out the back door. Yep. And you know, this is what we have so far. I'll update you if I know more on clothing or if there's, it could be, yeah, she's, I talked to her. She said, you know, he said F you. And then he ran out the back and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you've identified that there really is yeah. no crime. Yeah. You can go ahead and, you know, look for the area, maybe, you know, talk to him, but if you got something, more important. Let's, let's move on from it. Yeah. Yeah. And updating your partners is crucial. Cause like, like in that scenario, you, you may be thinking you're rolling to something hot and everyone's rolling, you know, code three license sirens. And then a couple units get there and it's like, all right. Yeah. It was like nothing. It's important to put that out. Like, Hey, we have nothing so that your partners that are hauling ass to get there can slow down and not get into a crash. And well, I think we've all been involved with something before where nothing's like, we have the information guy running with a gun. And he ran out of a bank, we'll say, guy running with a gun. And everyone's going to go, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, he ran south on this road. So people start going south on this road. Well, we need somebody, probably the first person, I, I would say, if not always the go first the person, scene. needs to go to the scene. Yes. Because then we get there and be like, no, there was no guy with a gun. Or he, he, uh, he was inside and got a phone call and had to go run and help his wife out. Mm -hmm. And he ran out holding his phone. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that changes everything point. really, really quick yeah. where I have units rolling code, Everyone thinking the guy's with a gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thinking he's got a gun and this guy's might be having a traumatic situation where he's got to go help his wife out or yeah. kid out or something. And he's got a cell phone and he turns around and points a cell phone at you. And it could be tragic, right? Where it was nothing. Yeah. No, dude, that, that's such a good point. And that's the whole, like, not everybody, not every dog can be in the fight. Like, dude, if you're the primary, I, I don't even like, I don't even like saying like, if you're the primary person on a call, like you're the one that has to go to the scene first. No, like if no. you're the first one that's closest to the call, you should be the one going there and establishing what exactly happened and then broadcast that out. And then look, the, the, the officer beat officer, whatever, that's a sign of that call. He can meet up with you later. He can take the paper or she can take the paper, whatever. But, um, yeah, that's dude, why, I, that's why I say in a situation like that contain isn't necessarily first. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be you know, identifying. What it's identifying is. what you have at that point, and but you you got to go off of face value too. You, I have a call where a guy ran out of a bank with a gun. Okay, I I need to do something about that too. But they can be simultaneous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is a good point because maybe that person maybe that person fired off two rounds outside, 
So you, and you know, and you got multiple callers, maybe you're not going to the scene first. Maybe you're starting to do a perimeter. Yeah. I or, mean, it's, you know, you're right. You could do it simultaneously. It, yeah. it could be the other way around too, where a guy ran out. I, I saw him with a gun. Okay. And then you get there and you're like, yeah, there was four guys. They had, you know, assault rifles and they jumped in a van and they actually went the other direction that you, you were saying. I thought that was South. That's North. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So again, it's just, Hey, it's, it's just forward thinking, like always thinking ahead what needs to get done first right now and then, and then build it from there. But, um, you know, it, it, look, generally speaking, if, if you, if you can stick to a game plan like this and, and have something to fall back on, even if you right, like laminate something like this and have it in your pocket and I don't know, in a stressful situation, if, if you can't think of what to do next, pull it out and you're like, okay, I got containment. I've identified what we've got. Oh, okay. Now we need a plan. And oh yeah. What resources do we have? What is going to be a part of our plan? So um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of supervisors, you know, you probably have something like that in their pocket. Um, you know, I, I know I use something like that. And like Billy said, it doesn't mean you're going to stick to that. It's just, it, it kind of like, it gives you a formula to, to go by and things can always change. Um, but I, I think if you can start with that, I think you're ahead of the game. And, and I think that, you know, you, you bring up supervisor, I think, I think everybody is a supervisor at some point. Everybody is the incident commander. Everybody or is going to be that at some point. You can be in a their day career. one cop. And day one cop. Commander. Yeah. yeah. And you're I mean, all of a sudden you're thrown into it. So don't be like, oh, that's uh, that's my lieutenant's problem. That's my sergeant's problem. That's my, my training officer's problem. No, it's it could be you. I would almost say it's going to be more your problem first, and then it's going to be your sergeant lieutenant's problem. when They're not going to be the first ones on scene for that stuff. You're, you are. So you need to know what they're having to think of um, because some of that stuff that they're wanting, you, you could probably take care of for them and then pass on information on, like, like Mark said, beforehand. I, I mean, the supervisor's job is is really nothing if you guys are, if you're great. If your team is, yeah. If your team's yeah. great. It's really like, hey, I need you to sign my overtime slip. Yeah. Well, it's uh, three okay. hours overtime. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be that final decision maybe or someone to, to bounce ideas off of. But in the end, it, a sergeant or lieutenant can show up, watch commander and show up and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, they got it handled. There was a Thumbs lot. up. You got it. There's a lot of times when. I'm just going to sit back. You know, yeah. that, that could be it. They're just like, I'm, I'm not, you know what? I'll be here if you need something, but sounds like you got it. You'll, you'll continue to take control of this. Yeah. And that comes with the discipline on the radio, the communication on the radio, identifying what you have, discussing what your plan is, mm-hmm. talking about how you're going to actually act on it. And if you're doing it right, and it's maybe a smaller level crime, a foot pursuit or something like that, and you're really communicating, the sergeant's listening and they're going, there's nothing for me to do. Like yeah. they're actually doing their job and yeah. doing it well. Yeah. They don't need, and to be honest, if you're doing a good job, your supervisor shouldn't be no. getting involved. Yeah. And that's, that goes out to supervisors out there. Don't, yeah. I mean, if, if you're listening, you don't need to get on the radio and be like, I say yes, sir. I, you know, yeah. I want to let me put it out on the radio. No, if they put it out on the radio. You're like, okay. If they're asking you something, then answer. Yeah. I, yeah. That bothered me more than anything when I worked in situations were evolving very fast and you were clearly handling it or other officers were doing a phenomenal job and the sergeant's getting on the radio doing things. And you're like, are, are you even listening to what's happening? Because that is not relevant. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't need to be broadcast. It could, you could be waiting and it's, and sometimes supervisors feel that they just need to do that when they don't need to. And, and there'd be plenty of times where I can imagine where the supervisor isn't the best situated 
to make the decisions yeah. on something. Yeah. If you think yeah. about a smaller agency who doesn't have a full-time SWAT team, you have a guy who's been a SWAT guy for 15 years, say, and he's still, he's, he's in patrol also at that time. And there's a guy who just did whatever for a minute or was now, a detective. Nowadays, he was, yeah, he was a detective. It's like five years and you're a sergeant. Or he <laughs> was a detective for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't been out in the field in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And he wants to tell the, the SWAT guy, hey, this is the tactics that we're going to use. Be like, see, we haven't used those tactics in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is, this is what I think should be done. But in the end, you know, respect your chain of command. I always say that too. There's a time and a place to, to deal with issues like that. Maybe during a critical incident is in that place, but hey, say hey, this is this is what should be done. Yeah, and you know where a lot of that comes down to, you guys, is uh, if you guys are in briefing or roll calls or whatever, doing whiteboard exercises, throwing up a scenario on the whiteboard, talking about it as a team. Um, I think that, at least for me as a supervisor, I like to do those things because you're kind of get a gauge on like what what your officers are thinking or deputies or whatever. Or, and knowing your people though, in general, yeah, like knowing oh, what they're capable of. Oh, this guy never did swap, but Hey, he was a, he was a green beret in the military before. Yeah. There's some correlation there that I'm not going to say they're, they're perfect overlaps, but Hey, maybe I, I need this guy for this and Oh, I'm fluent in 15 languages. Oh shit. You know, yeah. that, oh. that'd be nice to know. Yep. Why yeah, would so. you not, why would you not spend your time in briefing educating your officers. I guarantee, I guarantee you that people listening to this right now are chuckling wherever you're at. You're laughing because a lot of, a lot of people don't, a lot of people waste that hour or 30 minutes to just grab. Yeah, they're not ass. on the street. They're, they're bullshitting because they don't want to go out on the street. Yeah, it, it, it is. I, I do look at briefing as like, that's like a free hour or half hour, hour, however long you get um, to, to do some quality training and, and as a supervisor, I, really get to know your people. And and that, that goes with the organization though, because it's a there's, there's, thing. but there's some briefings that like I, I, generally my briefings were 10, 15 minutes and there was, we, we did training on a different, we had overlap days where you had a whole day for training and yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're in a, especially with staffing the way they are now and you know, there's 40 calls piling up and somebody wants to, get off because they're supposed to get off and you're like, well, we're doing an hour long training. You're going to, you're going to cause some, time, you're yeah. going to cause some issues. Yeah. Too. If there's time for it or, you know what, you, you can get a lot done even in 10, 15 minutes. You can run through a good little scenario in, in, in a short amount of time. But um, if you have the time, at least you use it. Right. I mean, go over this stuff because uh, I'll tell you what, in, in the moment when it's happening, you don't want to try to try to have to think of this stuff and, Oh, like what were, what were they talking about? Like, what, what yeah. should I be like? No, that's not the time to be doing that. You're, you're not going to remember. So driving around in your patrol car, if you're not going to calls, you're just cruising around, like go over this stuff in your head, play mental scenarios in your head, uh, rehearse it and ask yourself, what would I do in, in this situation? And, and even if you have to act like you're talking on the radio and delegate assignments to other cops, on calls, then I would highly suggest doing that. I, totally I do that. Idea. I do that to this day. I do it all like the time. driving, I'm, driving home, driving road trip or something like that. I'd be like, Oh, time, you yeah. know, you're just, uh, that's part of the plague of being a, an officer is it's hard to turn your, it's hard to turn your mind off from, from being an officer, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you're, you're thinking about those things though. That's, but I think you should think out loud and talk with your, at least a sure. couple of your teammates that you're going to multiple calls with. So they're on the same page. So an interesting little side note, I was just telling Billy on, on the way over here. Um, that your truck broke? Yeah, we won't tell why. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah Billy, that's funny. I, I've actually never been picked up by anybody. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so so my option. truck may have taken a crap. Anyways, 
Is it uh, really a truck though? It's like a. That's Dude, a, I a own truck. a truck, and that's offensive that yeah. you Listen, would actually refer okay, to your if, vehicle. If you're as still a truck. watching this, please in the comments uh, drop below if you think a Chevy Avalanche is a truck. <laughs> I, vo- I vote it is. I uh, vote it is. I, I guess my argument would be like it's. I'm gonna get so it, many. I hate would give comments. you it because it's it's body on frame. I'm gonna get. So a lot I don't know. A 1972 El Camino has a bed. It's an A body though. Or it's a We're getting off topic. Oh, right, off topic. Right. There's no, Anyways, there's no frame. There's too much discussion over. Is it a truck? When we've the decided point is, it's not a truck. the point is on our way over here, I was telling him about something that happened to me on Christmas Eve. So just the other day, I'm going to a store to grab something. And lo and behold, I witness a carjacking like right next to me. And, um, <laughs> the guy wasn't armed, but there were people in the car and he got, you know, he got in the car, you know, I'm assuming told him to get out or whatever. So I'm watching this unfold. And, you know, part of me is like, do I, do I do something? Like, should I stop this guy from taking the car? And one thing I did ask the two girls, the two teenagers that got out of the car, you know, like, are there any kids in the car? Cause if there's a kid in the car or a baby or something like that, then I'm for sure going to do something. So you, you, you did stop once the suspect was gone, you checked on the people. Uh, yeah. So, That's well, nice. Yeah, in the process of him stealing the car, and they jump out of the car frantically, right? Um, he starts to like drive off, and and uh, you know, I jumped in my truck, and I'm trying to follow this guy to and call or what, whatever. He Ve- lost me. Vehicle, vehicle, yeah. vehicle. Yeah, he lost me. I, I couldn't. I wasn't going to drive 100 miles an hour, run red lights like he was doing. But um, well, you were identifying. You were playing. Yeah, the, the point yeah. is, for yeah, sure, I mean, listen, you, were, you were doing these things. You yeah, probably the, didn't even know it. So the yeah, the point is is. Look, no matter where you are in society, off duty, on duty, like like things can happen to you unexpectedly anywhere. And right, like just be prepared for it. Like have some type of plan to do something because it's the people that don't do anything and generally just shit the bed and they freak out. Those are your victims that get victimized. You know, don't don't be that person. Um, you know, think ahead a little bit. So like he said, dude, yeah, like we're all cops and yeah. we know these things and, and yeah, like you can shut it off outside of work. I think all three of us do a really good job of that, but there are I, times when you, I don't think you, you're thinking of stuff like but, that. But you say shut it off. I don't think you can. Like, I just don't think you can. Dim it. You like can dim it. Dim you it. can do a good job of controlling it. But I, I just don't think there's like, for me yeah. personally speaking, yeah, there's just, there's no, there's no off. changing. Like, I think that I'd be retired for 30 years and I still have, also that mindset. I think yeah. the difference is you're, is you're not actually acting on it. Like you're still watching yeah. it. You're, you're paying attention, safety, everything's going through your mind. You're just not like you, everything you would have done on normal call, except you didn't actually act on it. Well, you so then, you know, the first but thing you did, I you about, did act on uh, it. Like, you're right. And, you and I want to say that not acting is acting. That's, that's your choice. You're, yeah, you're, you're creating an action. Yeah. Be a good witness. But that's what I'm saying is yeah. that if, if you decide that, you are not going to do any, it's, it's a property crime at this point yeah. about a car. Hopefully they're insured. I don't Everyone's know if that guy's safe. got a gun. I'm yeah. not dying on Christmas I don't know if he has a gun. If I'm chasing him, he's going to drive faster and I'm going to put the public at risk. Yeah, maybe. Not worth so it. you decided and you came up with an action plan of let him go. I, that's a great point. Just because you don't do something doesn't mean you didn't think about it and decide not to do it. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was going through my head at the time was, what if he has a gun and I'm not getting shot on Christmas Eve? <laughs> did, did they? Did, they did uh, find the car, yeah. So they found it a couple hours later, abandoned, um, nice, a few, few miles away. So they they did get it, but nonetheless, it was like I, I got thrust into that situation totally unexpected. I did not anticipate that happening. Um, and where we live, we live in a super nice, safe community. So for that to even happen there was even more kind of of a shock. But um, 
anyways, you know what? Look, it just goes down to, like he said, driving around, playing, playing those scenarios in your head. And then the first thing I thought about after the fact and why I actually brought that story up was afterwards I started thinking, man, what if I was in uniform on duty and that happened and that, you know, that guy didn't see me roll up. Um, what would I have done? You're, you're, you're working as a cop and you stumble upon a carjacking. What are you going to do? And in the scenario that played out in front of my mind, I'm like, what would I have done? Sipa right there. Contain, I mean, identify. You want to go with that guy? That's what I would have done. I mean, like, I mean, contain, park your car behind it. Identify. Identify what, what, what the, have? like, you contain first. Maybe, maybe, initially I thought, maybe that's their boyfriend or something. Maybe they're in an, a verbal argument and, and he decides I'm leaving. Right. That could have been the case. Right. They ended up not being the case, but you have to identify that and figure that out. Cause I was, I was looking at this and I, and I had in my own internal argument of does the I become before the C or the C become before the I? That's what I was thinking. And, and, um, in this instance, I think contain comes first. You're showing up, you see something or, or maybe it, you identify something and you got to contain yeah. it. Yeah, well, you identified there's a crime. You yeah. just saw it, right? Yeah, you just or you, no, you potentially uh, not even a crime. You identified. You didn't identify. There's an argument between two people. But you're identifying something. something you're identifying right. something. So I'm going to park my car right behind it. Yep. I'm going to contain it. Yep. Okay, and then yeah. I'm going to further. I think it's like identify, contain, identify, almost. Yeah. yeah no, totally. you're right. Yeah. It, it you're is. Right. Yeah. You know, to me, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then I'm going to identify further. What what do we have here? It's just a boyfriend girlfriend arguing. Everyone's fine. There was just, you know, somebody didn't fill up the car with gas. Exactly. I, I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Okay, have a nice day. No harm, no foul, right? Nope. Yeah. You contained it. You didn't, you you were in good faith. I guess, you know, that could be considered a detention because they weren't free to go, but you were identifying something. Yeah. You had probable cause to believe that something was going on. Yeah. I'm just shocked that, I'm not actually shocked that that uh, happened to you. <laughs> Totally, totally random and weird, dude. I, I don't know. You're just trying to go get your, your spicy wings. Yeah. No, it was morning. I was getting breakfast. Well, and, uh, spicy wing breakfast. I We've actually met at that place waiting for the place to open. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And it opens at 10 a.m. So that just tells you something. Yep. But anyways, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, it's a great point, right? Like good, yeah. good little scenario for me to run through my own head. I'm like, wow. Like I was kind of like shocked. Like I, I couldn't believe that that just happened. But you would have, you would have chase them down except your transmission doesn't work anymore yeah <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm changing sipa though to isipa isipa yeah isipa i think fine. you should change it in your class too i think um, it's always evolving i yeah i like the i like to contain identify i like how i like how you said it's just it's kind of all it could be interchangeable interchangeable yeah. yeah but even when you're when you're acting you're still evaluating everything it's constantly changing you know? yeah i i think that SIPA can go in any order. Well, yeah. kind of acts got to go towards the bottom, but yeah. And when it comes down to acting guys, like the, again, that is like, you, you may have your plan. You may have everything identified. You may have your plan in place. And then you go to like, put that plan in, in motion and things still may change. Right. And you have to be able to fluidly evolve with all of that. And just because that was your plan, then it may not be your plan now. So I think that I, you know, now that I say the act kind of has to be at the end, thinking of more of what I do, you know, we, we could think of action as the, the overall goal of what we're trying to do here of like, okay, sure. my job is to get this guy in custody. So maybe my plan, my action that I had before is what I had going into it, but it, it's always changing. Mm -hmm. So maybe yeah. Pika, 
plan identify contain an act? No, now we're confusing <laughs> everyone. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, Sipa. no, I like SIPA. I, I like SIPA, but I I think that it could be it totally evolves. Ice yeah. ICPA or yeah, I think these are the four fundamental Pica. four like fundamental Pica. traits of <laughs> of game planning and, and having a, a successful outcome um, to 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 the mission or the problem, whatever you want to call it. But I think as long as, uh, like I said, if you guys can just slow down and, and kind of adhere to this stuff and have some type of plan in, in place, for, you know, don't just make shit up as you go. That that generally never works out. Um, but you should have a plan for, for like just if you're working with people in general, because this doesn't have to be a formal thing. Yeah, like I, I, I no. know I'm working with Mark and Mark's a, a SWAT guy. So um, if if it goes to, OK, I got a barricaded guy, I'm a, me personally, I'm going to be like, hey, Mark, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. know, or like, you know, hey, I got a guy running. We need to get containment. We need, hey, Kyle, your canine guy. I, I mean, I know I've, I've got a pretty good idea about what you guys hey, you're just do and stuff like that, but, but you're better at it. Yeah. Why, why am I sitting there being like, okay, Mark, this is how we're going to handle this barricaded suspect. You're like, or this hostage rescue. Let's go to that. Cause it could be, it could be, I need an immediate hostage rescue. Yeah. It could be patrol people doing a hostage rescue. And it's like, yeah. contain, identify, plan, act. I got to go right now. Yeah. I contained it. I identified it. My plan is this. Let's go. Yep. Like it could be 30 seconds yeah. of what that, and maybe containment. And you're like, Containment is people get here. We'll contain this fucking shit. Yeah, totally. that's it. That is absolutely. Well, let's true. identify. I got a guy with a gun to a kid, and he says, "If you're not in here in 30 seconds, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it." Like, okay, let's go. Our resources say we have no one, so there is no containment. Yeah. No yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna go, Mark. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. You're like, boom, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. And like you got to be like, sometimes you got to be like 10 seconds. Like you said, slow it down. That's great. There are times. And but I that think could be slow. 10 seconds could be slow. Just, just enough time to figure out what exactly is going on and what yeah. you have. And then, and if the, the decision is we're going now, then that's the decision and you're going to go now. hundred percent. And, and just make sure everyone and it could, there is on board with that. And it could be, okay, I got Mark with me. I'm like, I'm, I'm good with this plan. Yeah. Or it's like, I got, Kyle with me, I'm not good with this plan. <laughs> it's like when you plan, if Kyle picks you up, you got a plan for that truck breaking down. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. the vehicle, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You got to oh, contain it. You got to get, so you know, your oil rags ready. Uh, well, there is no oil. That's probably part of <laughs> you it. You got to identify what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't leak. work. Yeah. Does leak. I'm riding with Kyle. Well, I get, I've identified that I'm going to be walking, so I got to wear nice walking shoes. You know, I always like how I, uh, I always take uh, pictures on my phone and send it to these guys, to, to these clowns um, on my truck. You know, it'll be like, check check engine oil or oh my God. engine oil low and i'm always like well look my truck is nice it's it's telling me a suggestion does your truck do, you, do that yeah. do, does your dashboard look like a christmas tree yeah where it has all kinds of different lights on it of different things because mine doesn't I, I don't know how you drive it dark in in the dark with so many lights on in your dash dude it's so bright it's okay, got to be in all fairness i don't my check engine lights not even on and well it's hard we'll say the only I, where i thought you were going with that was my headlights are so shitty because they're so old and like they fogged over. Like, yeah, those, like, like I can barely honestly it. see. People have turned off this show like 10 minutes ago. I We're know. talking about his avalanche. They're like, what's a fuck? Piece uh, of shit avalanche. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Anyways. I, I've had a great, great year working with you guys. This has been yeah. awesome. It was an awesome year, guys. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like the show like way far exceeded than, than I thought that it was going to go. Um, and, and moving forward in 2023, it's only going to, yeah, we're only going to grow it. And uh, we already have some traveling plans lined up. We've got, like I said, the guests that we have coming on um, this year or next year are going to be pretty, pretty cool. So, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. Again, it all comes down to 
um, adapting to what's going on in your environment and playing off of that. So if you can remember SIPA, contain, identify, plan, and act. It's just uh, an acronym to kind of give you a leg up on stuff and uh, hopefully have a, a successful and safe outcome of whatever the situation is that you're on. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, can't, can't wait for 2023 and what comes with that. A lot of cool new videos coming out. So stay tuned. Um, Check out fieldsurvivaltraining.com and get signed up for the classes that are being featured. Yeah. If you guys want us to come out, we, we do teach class. We, we own uh, field survival training. And uh, like Mark said, fieldsurvivaltraining.com. You can go to registration. We have a class coming up here in, in Elk Grove, Northern California. Uh, Mark's class, officer rescue um, and basic medical aid. It's going to be an awesome class. And uh, several more throughout the year. So if you guys want to host a class, you can reach out to us. It's free. We'll give you free seats for the class. You just tell us when and where we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, but again, uh, fieldsurvivaltraining.com for that. So until next time, thanks guys. It's been fun. Yeah, be safe, be smart, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Later. See ya.